0: everybody. This is John with Out of Character. Today, I wanted to talk about a game I just got the other day uh, at Phantom Games in Oakland. It's called One Deck Dungeon. Uh, this is something that it came from Asmati Games. It, it seems like it's fairly new. I, I may have been out a bit longer than I'm realizing, but I just got it, and it was with the new game. So I'm going to say it's still fairly new. Maybe people haven't had a chance to try it out yet. It basically seeks to capture the look and feel of a dungeon crawl role-playing game experience with a game that uses cards and dice rather than role-playing or character sheets. There are, of course, a few other games that seek to do similar things, like uh, Welcome to the Dungeon or uh, Dungeon Roll or any of those games, but I wanted to try this out because a few folks have said, like, oh, we got One Deck Dungeon and tried it out, but I haven't been here, you know, so I've been hearing... A fair number of people are trying it, and I was curious about it, too. So, for the record, the game is for one to two players. Playtime is, according to the box, about 30 minutes. There will be expansions to the game, and uh, there is a way to play with four players. If you happen to have two one-deck dungeon sets, you can combine them and play with up to four players. Uh, There's reportedly going to be expansions to the game that will allow you to play with more people. So if, if you're looking for a game that you can play solo or, you know, just a, with with one or two people um, without losing out on anything, this is a good choice. So I have a, a fair number of things to say about this game right off the bat. It, in terms of what it is, like, does it does it capture the feel of a dungeon crawl and convey the idea of your, your hero is going through this dungeon, defeating, you know, traps and monsters... Making your way to the lowest level of the dungeon and defeating some horrendous creature down there. Absolutely. A+, plus, 100% does that very, very well. I do have a couple of things that I do want to get out of the way. So the heroes that they present in this game are what you would expect in a classic. You have like the archer, uh, the warrior, a rogue, the rogue, the mage, and the paladin. And they all have different strengths and weaknesses. They all have different things that they're good at uh different skills and abilities that they bring to the table. I will say, one thing I love right off the bat is all of the characters are female, and they are presented in a way that makes them look cool. There's no sexy armor, there's no, like, chainmail bikinis or, you know, chainmail thongs or any of that garbage. They look like a, a, a party that is more than capable of going down into the dungeon. So it's really cool in gaming. I'm glad that we are seeing the continuing trend of, you know... Female characters that are portrayed as as badass as men, if not more so, because the warrior who I play, I, I played the warrior during my test games, because I think she's really cool looking, big metal, big shielded arm, uh, big wooden shield, huge sword, and she's just ready to wreck house. So, um, really enjoyed the character art overall. Really enjoyed the characters themselves. I really only messed around with the Warrior. I played through a few test games just to kind of get into the game's guts and see what mechanics work and what don't. So that's my little spiel about that as far as character art goes. So what what do you get with this game? What do you, you know, get to actually do? Basically, in the game, there are a deck. There is, I should say, there is a deck. There are a deck. There is a deck of encounter cards. What you are doing... Is basically building a dungeon that consists of four rooms. How do you do that? Each turn, you're drawing, ca- you're drawing cards, discarding cards, and putting down cards. The doors, them- the cards themselves. The back of each card looks like a a double sided door. So on your turn, you can flip over one of the doors, open the door, and see what's on the other side. Sometimes it's going to be things like fire elementals that you can fight and run away from. Sometimes you might get a glooping ooze or flaming statues, which are traps and hazards. So it's not all monsters that you have to kill. You have creature, you have different traps, like acid traps and arrow walls and stuff like that. Or you might get a skeleton. So those are just some examples. I just drew four cards, for example. Um, when you draw these cards, you're going to have to figure out how to beat them. The hazards present themselves in a way that it gives you a couple of different options. For example, the flame statues, you can either disenchant them, so magically, you know, disenchant this statue, or you can dodge them. Fairly straightforward. They're, you know, a bit harder to dodge than they are to disenchant. But if you're like me and you pick the warrior who has no magic, that's probably the only way you're gonna go. Now, when you're playing through, and let's say, for example, you play through, you're going to, at the beginning of the game, choose which dungeon you're gonna try to tackle. The game itself does come with five dungeons. They're very, very different, they have varying degrees of challenge. I, for my first game through, went with the Minotaur's Maze and lost. Uh, <laughs> but the reason that the, the 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 challenges of the different creatures and ma- and dungeons matter is each one does have a very different mechanic behind it. For example, the Dragon's Cave. So anytime you're facing off against a uh, a threat, a threat like a trap or something like that in the first floor of the dragon's cave it's a little bit harder to overcome because it has a little shield for two all the monsters basically it takes three more damage to kill them or potentially you'll take more damage and there's a floor where it just wastes a huge amount of your time that first time you get to the the first room you explore on the first level of the each dungeon it just wastes a huge amount of time You, you you're throwing out a lot of cards so you might throw out cards that you wanted to try and draw of course, the very last floor of the dungeon is the creature itself, which they're really, really tough. They're harder to beat. They can potentially... It, it, it's beat them or you lose, essentially. It's like, okay, well, you lose. Nice try. So, you know, for example, if we're doing, like, the disenchant thing. Okay, uh, I want to disenchant this in this, this flame statue in the dragon's cave. It has an additional two shield. So I have to beat its shield, and then I have to roll 8 on my magical die, which are the blue die, in order to disenchant it. Or if you wanted to dodge it, you'd still have to beat the shield, and have to roll a 14 on agility. Uh, so as you're playing through the game, all of your dice, the, the game comes with this huge number of dice, Of very, of pink, yellow, blue, and black. The black dice are encounter dice, which are basically going to be your more powerful, cooler die that let you do cooler things. You can throw, you can merge two dice of the same color to make a, an encounter die of an equal or lesser value. So if you didn't roll what you needed, you can swap that and get the encounter die. Each of the characters that does come with the game does have different strengths and weaknesses. The warrior, as you would expect, has the most yellow die, the most, you know, ability to bash people in the head a little bit of agility the warrior has the most health uh and the least magic the paladin has is, is fairly comparable to the warrior only with a lot more magic uh the mage has the most magic as you would expect the archer has a little bit of everything not a real glaring weakness the rogue has the most agility here's the thing that bothers me with the rogue and i, I may be wrong on this all the other, all, they do all have skills and powers that they start with the rogue's ability is that before any encounter you may roll one or two encounter die. If either rolls a 1 you lose one health and you're discarding three cards. It's called daring gamble. So it is definitely kind of a very hit or miss power and I think it's meant to be like you know take chances. I just feel like the rogue is very it, it the I think the people who are going to have the most fun the rogue are the people who like to take risks and go for big things. They also have stealth, which allows them when you run away from a fight, when you open the door, if you see like, I don't want to fight that right now, I'm going to die. You can flee. The rogue can add doors. You can, you can get doors where you normally, as long as you're not over the limit of four doors, you can keep adding more doors. So the rogue is useful in that way for finding, you know, more, more rooms that might be less challenging. So sorry, that was a bit of a ramble. So let's say, for example, you went in, you kicked the skeleton's butt, and you've decided, like, okay, we we beat the skeleton. Um, What are we going to get with the skeleton? This is one of my favorite parts of this game. Because your character, basically, the character cards function as almost like a character sheet. Where you have your items, your skills, and po- experience points and potions. So you look at, for example, the skeleton. Skeleton's only worth two experience. Now, that's not very much... Uh, we might say, like, well, we, we're we more concerned with other things besides skeletons at this point. If you want to have the experience, there's a little marker on it that indicates how many experience points it's worth. You would slide it under the level card, and it shows you, you've earned two experience points. For level, from leveling up from one to two, for example, you gain more items and skills and potions and things like that. Anything that goes over the requirement, meaning if you have nine experience and you only needed seven gets discarded you don't get to hold on to it so you may want to choose and pick how kind of figuring out what's good for the experience is part of the game that's one thing you can do with it you might look at it and say like okay this creature has an agility die which is represented by an item maybe boots of agility the skeleton was a particularly agile guy. So you can slot on the left-hand side of all the character cards. There's a marked a side that says items. You can slide that under the left side of your card, and it represents, oh, I've got an additional agility die now. So, for example, if I was playing the rogue, I might be like, well, I don't need more agility. I need something else. Another possibility is potions. So you start off the game with just healing potions. Straightforward. You regain health. Useful. Great. The skeleton, for example, has... An invisibility potion, which allows you to spend time and discard cards in order to take an encounter card as loot after you flee. So you can run away and still get the card. So that's really good. I mean, it's like, oh, a potion of invisibility might be is, is definitely something I'm interested in at this time. Or there's also the possibility that when you're looking through your cards, maybe you didn't beat the skeleton. Maybe you beat the flame statues and they came with a skill the skill being Backstab. So the way skills work is you sacrifice a die, being, in this case, one of the, the agility die, the pink die, uh, and you can roll two yellow die. So maybe at that particular moment in time, you don't need agility die. You need to put down a lot of damage. You need to put down some yellow die. That skill might be really handy. Uh, the levels do limit what skills and things you can have, like level one, you have one item, two skills, and... Not much else. Uh, you know, you don't get any bonuses to your encounter die, you don't get any bonus potions. Whereas the other levels, you you know, you get more, so you get access to more skills, more items, more potions, so you can become a little bit better at everything. You can you have more access to cool things to make your heroes more survivable. This is not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's very, very strategic. It's very you, you have to look at it very carefully and really think through what you're doing. There are times when you might look at a card and be like, hmm, you know, one magic die? That's not very good. I don't really need an additional magic die. I'm playing the mage. But I don't really, you know, have anywhere else to put that except for experience. Experience is probably going to be the dump point of your stuff because, like, it's always worthwhile to put something into leveling up. But if you use all your spots for items and for skills on kind of whatever the first thing to come down the pass is, it may not work out well for you. You may be like, I wish I'd held on to that because I could have used something that gave me more bonuses. I will say a couple of things. They give you a really nice turn reference card that explains what you're doing on each turn, how the boss fights work. Um, the rule book that comes with the game itself is 40 pages long. It's done in two versions. There's an illustrated version that's meant to explain the game. And there's a rules reference version that's just a more detailed explanation of the rules. So there's, for people who work better with, like, pictures to associate with it, there's something for that. If you work better with just the rules explained a bit more word-wise with just words, there's a more detailed version. All good things. I will say this. This is not meant to be, I hope this doesn't sound overly critical. This is one of those games that I strongly, strongly encourage, before you try to play with anyone else, sit down and play it through two or three times by yourself. I think that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts, and it's one of those games that you really need to understand to be able to explain it to someone else, or they're just going to look at this, see a lot of stuff, and get lost. I I, I really like this game. I think it does a fantastic job of capturing the feel of a dungeon. For the record, if you're wondering, at the beginning of the game, you're each going to choose a hero, so you're only ever going to have, unless you're playing four players, two heroes, so, you know, you're never going to have, like, all the heroes, unless there's, like, an expansion once you do it or something later in-game. The heroes do become a little bit different. I would say they're probably less powerful in a two-player game, because, like, their their stuff's reduced, but their abilities are also different, so I don't know. I I would have to play it a lot more to really see, kind of, like, how the ability change versus the die change shakes down, because you are limited. There's only so many of each of the die, of the dice in-game, so... If there's ever like, oh well I need another yellow die, too bad. There that's all there is. So, you know, if you're both playing as like the archer and the the paladin and the warrior, for example, which both have a lot of yellow die, you run through a fair amount of that supply already. There's not a lot of ways to go beyond to to beef up that any further. Um the abilities are fun. I think they're kind of neat for each character. Like uh I think I like the second player, two player rogue a lot better because it says uh for example your partner may reroll any ones. Dungeoneering. So any ones that you, your partner rolls, they can reroll. That's really handy. Um, so it's really supportive. The Paladins is your partner. It's the same thing as Support Or You may reroll ones. Fearless Charge for the Warrior. You ignore one, you know, discard a card. Um, Shield Aura for the Mages. You prevent one damage to your health. And uh, you can do power transfer, which is your partner adds either a one yellow or one pink die. So the abilities are fun. They're distinct. Uh, I think it has a lot of replay value because just on the basis of you have these five different dungeons, that that alone, you may not beat all those dungeons. Uh, there is a, um, a campaign mode where you can go in and play through multiple dungeons and level up over time even more. I haven't tried that, so I don't know how well that works out but it is something that is on the horizon uh, with expansions and room for growth and the opportunity to add to what's here. I think this is a ready-made super fun game. I would love nothing better than to see them do a bunch of expansions with more creatures and more hazards and things like that. Uh, I think it could over time become a big box game where you, you know, like red dragon Inn and stuff like that, where we have like, you know, here's the original box And they've done, you know, 10 or 11 expansions, and now we have a big box where you can put them all in and have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, uh, I I really don't have too much critical to say of the game. I do think that if you're looking for something super light and not rules-heavy at all, this is probably going to be the deep end of the pool. There is a fair amount of crunch. There is a fair amount of information. A forty-page rule book, even though it's super small, and they made a nice little illustrated one. If you're someone who likes to play stuff that's like, I want to jump into me playing in minutes, there are games that are simpler that try to do the same thing. But I really love the charm behind this game. There's a lot of uniqueness to it. They did a lot. They did a. They, they took on a huge challenge of how do we make a game that's all about doing something that's really involved and complex and has books that cover hundreds of pages. And kind of condense that, and I think they did a fantastic job of it. Each of the heroes that you have feels super unique. I mean, yes, they obviously have weaknesses, but that's just kind of like your playstyle with your other hero. Like, the mage and the rogue playing together are going to have a difficult time defeating, you know, uh, characters that require a lot of yellow dye because neither one of them has any. So, you know, you have to look at what's my other what's the other player playing, what's their strength, what's my weakness, how can we compensate for that, what are we looking for in game? Um and there is kind of a rushed feeling because You're trying to get to that last card, which is the stairs that lets you descend down to the next level, and it gets progressively harder and harder to win. It's just like, okay, that first level, okay, we're discarding cards. That's not so bad. Oh, okay, now the creatures have more health and more power, and the threats are more dangerous. So it does have that feeling of, like, it gets harder. It's not just like a static, okay, we're we're kicking this game's butt. The game fights back. If you get a lot of good stuff early in-game and you're just destroying it, it's going to throw more things your way. As far as replay value goes, again, because there are different dungeons, I think that helps it a lot. Uh I do feel like with the cards here, I think that as long as there's expansions on the horizon, the dungeons are great. Adding a few more dungeons will help this game a lot. Adding more creatures and hazards will help it a lot. Um, if it was to just be this, I would say you could get a few years worth of game of, of like decent gaming out of this without them doing anything to it uh you know trying out different heroes trying campaign mode I, I i kind of don't think i would buy a second box to do the the four player version that just i don't know i, I don't think i would do that personally i'd rather buy an expansion that will me do that uh it does say that you would split the party and take on multiple threats in each room when you do that so you do have like okay you two fight the skeleton and we'll fight the uh animated fire statues so you can kind of divide things up that way but yeah super fun game if you see it it's if you're curious about it at the store definitely worth giving it a try it's not hugely expensive i think i bought mine for 25 dollars, which i i don't feel like that's i feel like the value for money here is great uh you know there's a lot of nice little components it's clean it's neat super good game please go try it again it's one deck dungeon uh and that's pretty much all I have to say about it for the moment. So thank you for listening everybody. Happy New Year. This is our first podcast of 2017. I hope that this is a year that is full of fun and games for everybody and please be safe. Enjoy the whatever remains of your time off before going back to work. If you got time off for the holiday, play more games. Be safe. Bye.